Marcano. My goodness. What a way to tie it. How about that? This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I was in a bad mood this afternoon. I was in a bad mood starting at like 2.30. So to run some errands in the middle of my workday after Bill's show is done. And before this show, I wanted to go take care of a couple things on the south side of Madison. And I was on the bell line and I got stuck behind this dump truck. This knob had a hole in the back of his dumping rocks all over the place. Luckily, I still have a windshield. So I had to give that guy a little piece of my mind, a couple middle fingers. He... I think he was confused. He's like, why are you flipping me off? Well, because you're dumping rocks everywhere. I was in a bad mood. So I went through the drive-thru. I got myself a nice cold lemonade. Mm. Try to calm myself down. And then I calmed myself down, and I got back to the studio, and I watched the end of the Brewer game. And then I needed another lemonade, but I didn't have one. So now I'm going to take up my frustration on all of you until 6 o'clock. Uh, I actually don't think this Brewer's loss and yesterday's Brewer's loss, I don't think they're that big of a deal. I'll explain. It doesn't mean I'm not annoyed because I'm very annoyed about how this series ended, but not for the same reason that I think everyone else is annoyed. At least I'm just going on what I see on Twitter. People are upset and it's okay to be upset, but keep it together. All right, let's, let's, let's hold the line a little bit. Leading the division by three games and it's September. Like we're in an okay spot. It's okay to be upset, but the world is not crashing down. The world was almost crashing down on me and my car today. I could have, could have broken my windshield. A reminder, uh, if you are a uh, truck driver, big rig driver, just put mud flaps on, please. Common courtesy to everyone else. And I don't know, if you drive a dump truck full of rock, uh, not sand, no, 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 rock, as in rock you would put next to a house uh, with a little bit of black siding, edging, you know. I don't, just make, make sure maybe there's not a hole in the back of your truck. That's it. I, I don't ask for much. You can go slow. In fact, you should go slow. I'll gladly be patient and go around you if you're not dumping rocks all over my windshield. I was very upset this afternoon. I don't like getting my car fixed. I don't like going to the doctor. I, I would have had to get my car fixed. And it's not even the money. It's that I don't want to have to make an appointment to a car place and go there and do that whole thing. So Not the best afternoon, but you know, we got through it. The Brewers did not get through it. They lost again today. So I suppose that's what we're talking about tonight. Some Packers things that I want to discuss as well. We got a story today from ESPN and then more details from PackersNews.com. Ryan Wood, the Packers were in on Jonathan Taylor. Everyone's making way too big a deal about this, but I think it's really interesting. When I, when I saw this story this morning, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is something interesting to talk about. This is not realistic and probably was never close to happening, but very interesting to talk about. So we're going to get to that at some point tonight. Packers roster. Talk more about that. David Gasper reviewing the brew. Appropriate that he'll be joining us in about an hour. Show got off to a, a little bit of a late start, so he'll join us about halfway through at 530-608-321-1670. I see the phones are ringing already. I'm going to get to you as soon as possible because I want everybody to be able to speak their mind about the Brewers. I just want to say a couple things off the bat. Let me build the foundation of the show for just four minutes or so here and kind of tell you how I think. I think when the Brewers won on Friday night, it became impossible for this series to to be a disaster, right? Once the Brewers won on Friday night, the most ground that the Cubs could make up was one single game. 
right? Because Cubs won on, I, I, for whatever reason in my mind, I'm thinking this is as a weekend series. It's not. They played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So when the Brewers won on Monday night and the Cubs won on Tuesday, those games canceled each other out. Then the winner today was going to pick up another game. Okay, so the Cubs gained one game on the Brewers. It's not a big deal. That's not a big deal at all. And if you would have told me Monday night, oh, the Cubs are going to win the next two games uh, and the Brewers are going to fall one game closer in the standings. I said, okay, that's fine. Brewers had won nine in a row. They're probably due for a little bit of regression, a little negative batted ball luck. Willie Adamas probably wasn't going to keep hitting that well. You know, Christian Yelich, William Contreras, it was bound to come come back down to earth at some point. So if you told me on Monday after the Brewers win that the Brewers would go on to lose game two and game three, okay, I wouldn't have been that mad. If you would have told me that the Brewers would lose games two and three and the Cubs would score a total of three runs in those two games, okay, well, now I'm annoyed. Now I'm pissed. Now it's it's not even that it's the Cubs. It's not even that... Uh, the Brewers lost one game in the standings, which is the net result of the series. It's that the Brewers had a million chances last night and a million chances today to win both of these games, and they didn't. And then late in this game, when the Cubs threw him a bone, hit Mark Canada, bring in the tying run. Bottom of the inning comes up, Yul Pimes walks a guy, hits a guy. Then Willie Adamas forgets how to play shortstop. Andrew Monasterio has confusion on how to play a bunt. I like, my God. I tweeted before the game, this series it would have been a sweep or at least a series win, but the Brewers decided for the last two games to let their brains leak out of their ears. I'm not mad that they lost two or three to the Cubs, right? They were going to come back down to earth. This was, this was always going to happen at some point. I am upset that they lost two games in which their opponent only scored three runs. And it's not like the Brewers were shut down completely last night. Let's talk about last night, right? The Brewers lost one to nothing. Corbin Burns pitched seven great innings. Justin Steele pitched six great innings. You tip your cap to both starters. It's not like the Brewers had two or three hits. They had seven hits. It's not like they weren't putting the bat on the ball. It's not that they weren't getting base runners. They were. They couldn't convert. They couldn't make anything happen. And then today, Brewers lose three to two. The Brewers had five hits. They had the leadoff runner in, in many of the first couple of innings. They had opportunities. They were able to get guys on base. They were able to get hits. They just couldn't get the big hit. They just couldn't. Like Bryce Terrain got up in the eighth today right after the Brewers tied it. Bases are loaded. And and Bryce Terrain, I swear to God, if the if the goal of Major League Baseball was to almost hit the ball to the warning track, Bryce Trang would be the best ball, baseball player I'd ever, I've ever seen. I'd tell my kids, you know who did it better than anyone else? Bryce Trang. I know you didn't get a chance to watch him, but let me, like my parents talk about Michael Jordan. Like, like people of the older generations talk about Michael Jordan or talk about Joe Montana. It's like, that's what I would tell my kids. You didn't see him, but my God, Bryce Trang was incredible. No one could almost hit it to the warning track quite like Bryce Trang. My kids would say, well, was he a portly fella? If he was swinging with such power, he must have not been very fast. Oh, no, he was maybe the fastest guy on the field. He just chose to always hit the ball in the air. Again, I'm not mad that the Brewers lost games two and games three of this series. They lose one game in the standings. That's not a big deal at all. September 1st is coming up, and the Brewers are going to start the month of September with a three-game lead in the division, and the season series is split. So it's not like they lost the tiebreaker. It's It's fine. I'm not annoyed they lost games two and three. I'm annoyed that the Cubs scored three runs and the Brewers peed down their leg and couldn't at least get one of these. If the Cubs were red hot and they were hitting the ball and Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff both had bad outings, okay, you lose baseball games sometimes. That's not what happened. The Cubs did nothing, and the Brewers are like, 
bet we will do less. <laughs> we will do even less than you guys are. Oh, it was windy at Wrigley. Oh, cry me a river. Jesus. I got a monitor broken at work. You don't see me bitching. Okay, well, now, I, now I'm bitching about it. Been working on one monitor this week. And you guys know, whether you work from home or whether you have a cubicle or an office, when you get used to two monitors and one of those monitors goes away, it's like, how can I, how can I work like this? It's like I'm working outside with, with pen and paper. I go home. I work on my laptop. I play video games on my laptop. As soon as I come to work, oh, I get the two monitors in front of me. But one of them has been out this week. And I've been working through it. Oh, it's windy at Wrigley. Sorry. That must mean it's it's impossible to score runs. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. This is Cone. Cone, 420. I guess my, uh, my sense of timing is a little off because we started late. But you're right on time. You stick to a schedule, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I got pushback you on this brewers Cubs series i think it it is a a bad series loss i mean you come in to this series as one of the hottest teams in baseball after getting spanked by the dodgers after getting spanked by the braves and then you come in and kind of roll over to the cubs division rival chasing you down i get we only lost one game in the standings but this was our series to just bury the cubs yeah yes going into september and they didn't do that so that's true i think that's true yes i'll give you that so I think it's a, it's a, it was a failure of the series. So when I say I, I don't think it's a big deal, I am responding to people on Twitter, people in my mentions. I'm going back and forth with one guy who's like, everything that happened during the nine-game winning streak has been washed away. It was all for nothing. The, the collapse is on. It's now the Cubs division to lose. Hey, let's grow up, okay? I, I don't want to – it's not – they got a three-game lead. But, Cone, I, I agree with you in that they had a chance to really put them away, and they didn't. So I will agree with you. I think we're, we're coming from the same place. We're just saying it a little bit differently. Yeah, and just like like I mentioned, the overall vibes of you know losing to getting spanked by the Dodgers and Braves, and then losing to the Cubs the way they did, like yeah. it's just not not great vibes heading into a playoff stretch. No, like you can't beat these these great teams that are in front of you. And I'm not even saying the Cubs are great, but division rival, and they just they can't step up to the moment when they need to, and that's what I think is going to be the the destruction of this team this year. You know what's so annoying? is that the Brewers have seen Kyle Hendricks a million times. I've seen Kyle Hendricks pitch against my team as much as I've ever seen a player compete against my team. And Kyle Hendricks throws like 89, 90 miles an hour, and those guys go out there and strike out left and right. It's like, have you guys never seen this guy before? He's Randy Wolf. He's a taller, more handsome Randy Wolf. And you got, it's like they forget how to hit when they go against Kyle Hendricks. I don't get it. He doesn't have overpowering stuff. He's throwing 89 miles an hour. Jesus, put the bat on the ball. Yeah, I feel that same way when I was growing up with uh, Wandy Rodriguez. You <laughs> yeah. know, every game I went to, they were playing the Astros, and Wandy was pitching. And then, you know, Astros leave, and then he goes to the Pirates. And then we still see him. Yeah. And he was the same way, not a sexy pitcher, but, you know, just would throw strikes and get people to ground out, I guess. I guess. And I guess Quintana or Quintana was a little bit like that the last couple of years. Felt like the Brewers played him every other game. He just had such a good read on the Brewers for whatever reason. No, Cohen, I I 100% agree with you and that this was a great opportunity the Brewers had and they squandered it. I'm also like... I feel fine about this team's chances to win the division still. I, I don't I don't feel much worse today than I did a couple of days ago. I, I just I'm frustrated that these games were really winnable. If you just showed me the wins and losses, I'd say, okay, not not ideal, but you know, Brewers are gonna come back down to earth at some point. 
But then when I look at the score, one to nothing, three to two, you couldn't get one of these. That's what that's what sucks. That's what's frustrating to me. Go ahead. Yeah, that's fair. I still think it gives the Cubs kind of they've taken the momentum the Brewers had from yep. the the winning streak. You know, they they broke their streak and now they they won the series. And what we got three more games against the Cubs before before the end of the season. Yeah, so those games are going to be a lot, lot more meaningful now. Those are a lot. Those games are going to be electric. And as a baseball fan, you almost are excited about it. But of course, there's that anxiety too. The Brewers really could have gone a long way the last couple of days to to building their lead and they, they didn't blow that they didn't get swept the Cubs made up one game uh I know it's it's not ideal but it's not a nightmare so everyone take a little bit of a, a deep breath Kona I appreciate you nice to hear from you know good way to start out the show yeah thanks Grant and when you whenever you say just one game think back to 2017 when they missed the playoffs by one game hey, have a good one you as well I needed to hear that 2017, you mean that one time Manny Pena could have bunted and he didn't? That's maybe what's most annoying about this loss today is that David Ross did that dumbass thing he always does where he starts giving away outs in the late innings, dropping down bunts, and the Brewers let him get away with it because Willie Adamas forgot how to field a routine ground ball. Again, in the big picture, I'm not upset. I will go home tonight and sleep like a baby. And when I think back about this series, I won't really think much at all. But in the moment... As Giannis once said, I was so in the moment, right? In the moment of this game and thinking about last night's game, they're just, they're so winnable. They were so winnable. And this team just, just, they're just boogers running down their nose. They couldn't do it. It's very frustrating. Uh, we got to take a break here in a couple minutes, but a couple more Brewers callers that I want to get to. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Corey. Corey, what's going on? You in a wind tunnel? You driving a convertible around? What's going on? I am not. I think that's on your end, to be honest. I'm not sure why it's so uh, staggy, but that's okay. That's fine. I can can hear you very good. I'm just being a jerk. Well, let me get in this real quick because I put you to sleep yesterday, and I want to do that today. So I'm your friendly neighborhood Gen Xer to calm everybody down. Everybody sounds very anxious this afternoon, very anxious. I know that stone trump would get me pretty fired up too, though, so I feel your pain. you got to pretty much avoid the bell line at any cost you can at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon because you might get caught up in some kind of high-speed chase down there too. Um, so, yeah, FYI, as a Manistonian resident, a long time. Biggest problem the crew has, uh, they can't hit. They get too arrogant when they actually start hitting on Tuesday night, and they thought all of a sudden that they could just – be as undisciplined as they were before and that's what you ended up seeing the last two days and they can't for some reason figure out how to hit when the wind's blowing any direction other than like out towards center at Mach 10. So I know that's complaining but we, we see what happened today and yesterday. They can't do anything when the wind's not like in their favor. Second thing, I completely disagree with you and uh, whatever his name is from Arizona about they could have they they could have buried these guys at the beginning of September. Apparently, everybody forgets 2018. Yeah. You know, they went into Labor Day weekend when the Brewers were back by six games, and they ended up chasing down the Cubs and winning a game 163. So you're not you haven't buried anybody until that magic number reaches 0.0. At the sure. End of the but and, but to, be, to be to be for the rest of September. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun ride. They yeah. have a pretty simplistic schedule going forward. You look at, we got uh, 29 games left. I believe 20 of them are against like the likes of Miami, St. Louis, um, Washington Nationals. While we're at home, you even get the Yankees on the road. 
that looked really foreboding a few months ago, not so much anymore. Um, so going to the last series of the year, I don't actually think it's going to be as uh, profound as what everybody thinks. They might be up four games with three left to play. I wish it would be more fun because I'm going to the last game of the year. And my father-in-law hates the Cubs. Hmm. It's always very interesting uh, being amongst their Heat fans and get to tell them to get on I-84 and keep going south. Um, but I think they'll be doing fine this month, but then we'll probably end up with the same problem when we get to the playoffs of we see the same disappearing offense. So strap in and get ready for the ride. I'm down for that, Corey. Appreciate you. I got to take a break, so I'm going to let you go. Yep. Well done. Take her easy. Yeah, you fit all your talking points in there. That was efficient. It's what we need to do today because we're without uh, the first half hour of the show. We started a little late because of the Brewers. And you're right, Corey. Uh, that buzzing noise, that was on my end. I had the barn fan in the studio running. I, I forgot to <laughs> turn it off. Son of a son of a bitch. Got it. Uh, so thank you for the reminder. Uh, that's what the noise was on the call. 608-321-1670. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, appreciate you listening. A little bit of a Brewers post game. I do want to talk about one Packers story from earlier today. Not because it's a story of consequence. I just think it's a fun story. It's a fun headline. It's fun to talk about. I guess the Packers called to inquire about Jonathan Taylor. That's entertaining to me. That's interesting. I want to talk more about that. And I know that has like probably less than a 1% chance of happening, uh, either within the last week or moving forward. But I've just been thinking all day, well, what would that look like? And what would that mean for... Jones, Dylan, the Packers, or Jonathan Taylor. It's just a fun reality that I, I want to hang out in. I, I want to go explore that that fake world, that alternate dimension where Jonathan Taylor is acquired by the Packers. So we're going to get to that. David Gasper, our friend from Reviewing the Brew, going to be here at 530. Uh, I want to talk Brewers-Cubs, absolutely. It's just baseball, big picture. Baseball league-wide has been very interesting to me this season, and I kind of... <laughs> I kind of want to talk about what's going on with the Angels because I've never seen anything like this before. They're just cutting loose all their guys. It's like Paul Chorchian's guillotine league and that, well, okay, well, the Angels have been eliminated, so now their whole roster goes on waivers. Like, what? Anybody can just snatch up Hunter Renfro and be disappointed? What? Are you kidding me? Any team can do that now? <laughs> uh, Clubhead Mike, Chippewa Falls, 608-321-1670. What's up, Mike? Hey, Grant. How are you today? I'm doing good. A little bit of an up and down day. I really would have liked the Brewers to win that game, you know, between you and me. But what are you yeah. going to do? I like when you said um, you're going to sleep like a baby tonight. Said, yeah, I'm 66 years old. I sleep like a baby every night. I wake up every two or three cr- hours crying and pooping my pants. You know, but, <laughs> yeah, I got to take um, got to take a pee every two or three hours. Yeah, I yeah, big picture. The Brewers lost one game in the standings. Right. I'm not going to yeah. lose my mind over that. I am losing my mind a little bit about how the Cubs scored three runs in two games, and the Brewers oh, let him get away God. with that. I know. Poor Burns. You know, he should sue the Brewers for non-support. That's what they used to call <laughs> it when people didn't pay their child support. He should, um, he should sue him. Take him to civil court for the 700 k they stiffed them out of an arbitration this year. Just make that money oh, back. I know. He was worth every penny of it in the buttholes. But, uh, yeah, I want, you know, you stole my thunder in your opening monologue. I was going to, when I called, I was going to ask you how many, because you know, I watched the highlights of the uh, 
of game two and I saw a lot of fly balls to right just sort of the warning track. I was going to ask you how many fly balls they hit to the warning track today. And I posted on Bill Michael's show today, you know what you do when the wind is blowing in? Because Bill said, you know, hit a lot of balls on the on the seeds and then yep. they were just short. You know, they were on the warning track. So, you know what you do when the wind's blowing in? You hit singles. You hit line drives. Yep. Yeah. God, I just – so now you got me thinking that. Now every time I see one go to the warning track um, – God dang it, you, you know, that, that, that doesn't do anything. It just makes you look stupid. And, yeah, Terang, yeah, he's uh, maybe he could play in a smaller park and he'd get a lot of home runs. But uh, Well, you know, it's it's Terang's uh, first year. But, I don't doubt that Terang can be a, a productive major league hitter. I think he's the starting shortstop game one of next year. I think they move him over there, and I don't know who they replace his role at, at second base, but I think Willie Adams moves on. He's got to round out his bat a little bit. It just, it drives me up a wall, Mike, when there's runners on base and there's a rally going and Terrain comes up and, and he's just hitting them straight up into the sky. It's, you know, not to be rudimentary, but it's the scene for Major League where the manager gets on uh, Billy Mays Hayes because he, with your speed, you yep. should be hitting him into the ground and running it out. But kind of, that's yep. kind of how I feel. I mean, they, they had a walk-off on a play like that from Bryce Terrain last week. I, I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a statistic for it, but every time a guy hits a old ball the warning track when when a single would have won you know would have won the game or at least put him in the lead, and they get a long loud out. It's just, it is if that was a statistic, I'm sure that you were right before. I think the Brewers would have led the league in that. And uh, yeah, it's because of just taking the long ball. Everybody wants to win. The, everybody wants a dramatic win. They want to walk off. They want to get Dallas to the Gatorade at the end and get the you know get interviewed by. Um, Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Sophia Minnert, yeah. who doesn't? But, you know, hey, did you get to see Sophia Minnert last Wednesday? Uh, last Wednesday? I mean, she was in the park. Yeah, I was sitting out in the outfield. I, you know, I was, oh, right. I was half in the Sorry. bag. I, I was so, so sweaty. They weren't putting me on <laughs> you TV. Didn't, you didn't drive, did you? No, well, I did, but, you know, I parked in the parking lot, and we were there for five or six hours. By the time I went, I sweat so much, I, I it wasn't possible to have any alcohol in my system. I would have sweated oh, all okay. out and then some. All my offers still stands, you know, if you ever need a ride home, just like I ever told all my grandnieces and grandnephews, I said, I don't care where you are or what time it is, you give me a call, and my your secret's safe. I will not tell your parents. I just do not want you driving <laughs> drunk. So. You don't, yeah, you don't um, have to... You don't have to worry about me. I'm 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 pretty reasonable. I'm pretty safe. If I'm having a couple Good. beers, I'm I'm always gonna get it. I worry about you. I worry about you a little bit though, because every once in a while I I hear you uh, your story starts with, "Well, I was drinking." And <laughs> well, you know, a little little driving fluid. No, 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 no. That's that's not I a know. funny joke. But nobody nobody great story starts out with, "Well, we were having some sodas and some tea." Yeah, we and, were. Uh, yeah, we were over at Tanner's house eating pancakes. Let me tell you about the wild yeah. night we had. No, no. <laughs> No, you no know, good story ever yep. starts that way. But you don't have to worry about me, Mike. I do, unfortunately, have to take a break. I hate to cut you yes, off. Yes, you do. You're, you're hard up against a break. You're woefully late for a break. Uh, I get it. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. Woefully late. Gary, woefully late for a break. Uh, let's take one final three-minute pause. We'll come back. I have more to say about the Brewers, and I think you guys do, too. At some point, I want to talk about this Jonathan Taylor story just because it's fun. It's entertaining. So we'll get there at some point. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We 
Frisco Sports Show. Last couple minutes of hour number one. Why don't we talk about the Packers right when we come back? Because we've been doing about a half hour on the Brewers. This is an important series. It's against a divisional rival, and it's the divisional rival that's trailing the Brewers in the race for the division, and they're also trying for a wild card spot. It's the Chicago Cubs. And I don't mean to downplay the importance of this series. I, I don't mean to tell you, oh, don't be mad. Don't be frustrated. Don't be, oh, it's just fine. And, and Cone, you know, pu- push back Cone Roller. He had some good pushback. He said, great. They had an opportunity to really get some distance between them and the Cubs. And they really had a chance to to not fully and officially bury them, as Corey and Marshall said. Well, it's, it's not over until Bob Keselowski sings. I get that. But, you know, you get what Cone was saying. You had a chance to really get some distance and really go a long way towards putting this division away and, and putting it on ice. Don't be mad that they lost yesterday and lost today. The Cubs made up one game this weekend. And given that the Brewers had just won nine in a row, it was probably bound to happen. They were probably bound to come back down to earth just a little bit. Don't be mad because they lost game two and game three. Be mad that they lost game two and game three, and the Cubs scored three runs between those two games. That's what's really frustrating about this series. If they would have lost, you know, yesterday six to one, and they would have lost today, you know, five to two, okay. Pitching didn't have it, or Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff just just didn't have it. Bullpen had a rough outing. It wasn't the case. Corbin Burns was unbelievable. Brandon Woodruff was unbelievable. And like I hate to do I hate to do this because anytime the Brewers lose a series, you know, there's always a sports talker who's like that looked like how it looks in the playoffs. That's what the, I expect to see that come late September, early October. That's what the playoffs looks like. No, no, no. I, I don't like doing that. But the idea is the Brewers get in the playoffs and you cross your fingers that Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns can do what they did last night and what they did today. And it's not like the Brewers offense was completely blacked out last night. They had seven or eight hits. They, they had opportunities. They had runners on base. It just didn't execute. Got to be sharper, got to be crisper, got to be able to execute. And what's worse of all, I I said, don't be mad that they lost games two and game three. Be mad of how they lost those games. And worst of all, the thing that I'm most mad about is David Ross bunted again, and and it should have cost his team, and it didn't because Willie Adamas forgot how to play shortstop, and then a line drive went off Yoel Piomp's toe. Sick. I don't know why God hates the Milwaukee Brewers so much. He does. He does, and I guess, you know, we had 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play with the Packers. The the Brewers just can pound sand in the eyes of, of God or whatever God you believe in or whatever sports God you believe in. I don't like it, but it's the way it is. Ball going off Joel Piam's toe. Hour two, Wisco Sports Show next. Let's talk some Packers. Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. A good piece of perspective. Uh, this one comes from the book of Onabam Fan on Twitter. Tweeted 40 minutes ago. Baseball is neat because you can start September with a three-game lead and be pissed about it. That's the spot the Brewers fans are in today. That's the spot they're going to be in tomorrow. I'm telling you, three games is that's a healthy amount. We can work with three games. 
Progest is coming to a close. Craig Timber is just about to begin. Don't be mad. I'm not asking you to jump for joy after the Brewers just lost two or three to the Cardinals. No, but don't lose your mind and don't lose any sleep tonight. There is this um this dynamic with Brewers baseball and and with baseball in general. It's very frustrating. It's very negative. And I the only other thing I can compare it to is uh, a video game that I play called League of Legends. There's some things in life, and you could say that they're not good for you, where when Brewers baseball or when League of Legends is going poorly, it nothing makes you more angry. You just want to rage. And then when the Brewers start winning or when you start playing well in League of Legends, you just don't feel anything. Like, like your goal is to feel nothing. Your goal is to be at sea level. And that's sometimes it feels like where we are with the Brewers. Like, we got a three-game lead going into September, and everyone's irate today. Now, I'm frustrated because... Last night and today, both of those games were so, so, so winnable. But you got a three-game lead going into September. We're in a good spot, especially with all the ups and downs we had this season. Water finds its level, and I think that's proven true time and time again. And I think the Brewers have the most levelly water of any other team in, in the division. That's been proven out over four or five months. I think that will continue to be the case moving forward. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I want to talk about the Packers in a couple minutes. We can take your calls, your comments on the Brewers as well. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, this is Rick from Middleton. Rick in Middleton. What's going on, Rick? Welcome. Hey, I know you wanted to talk about some Packers. I mean, at what point does it make any sense for us to reach out to Jonathan Taylor? So, ooh, okay. So I do do want to talk about this. Uh, Um... What what do you mean? Explain. Ask that question a different well, way. Well, I, I think we already have two really solid running backs. We have a couple of other guys that are, you know, pretty good in reserve. So why, when we already have like $60 million that we owe to um, the salary cap over Aaron Rodgers, why do we want to tie up more money over a running back that we don't really need? So I don't think that whatever team acquires Jonathan Taylor – if Jonathan Taylor is traded, I don't know that the team that acquires him will need to give him an extension right away. Um, now, depending on on compensation, like if a team gives up a fourth round pick to get Jonathan Taylor this year, you might be fine with just getting value from him from one year and then letting him leave in free agency. So renting Jonathan Taylor for a year, I, I think it's fine. I, I could see the Packers, if the price was right, bringing him in, playing him this year. And then letting him go. Or, you know, depending on how it goes and depending on how they feel about him, then re-signing him. But um, I don't think it makes a ton of sense, but I do want to push back a little bit on the idea that they have two really, really good running backs. I like Aaron Jones, but he's a little older. I don't think A.J. Dillon is above competition. Like, I don't think it would be sacrilegious for the Packers to bring in another back to to push A.J. Dillon. He's been fine. In my eyes, he's not been great. He He's no all-pro or pro bowler. He's just fine, you know? Well, what about, I mean, if Godson can stay healthy, the guy from Iowa, I mean, he, he he's a talent. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, the name escapes me right now. The rookie that's, like, shined in um, the preseason. Oh, Emmanuel Wilson. On the roster and, yeah. Uh, yeah, Emmanuel Wilson. And so I've, I apologize. I didn't even know if those guys made the roster. I didn't really pay attention yesterday. But I, I just don't really think that there's that much value. And... You know, is LaFleur going to be that committed to the run? I think this year, more so than the last couple of years, yeah. I I think they'll be a lot more committed to the run. And good news for A.J. Dillon, they might be a lot more committed 
to running under center. Because Jordan Love, I think, he spent the last couple of years really perfecting his footwork of being under center, which is something Aaron Rodgers hated doing. I think they're going to be lining up in looks and in formations that are a lot more advantageous to A.J. Dillon this year in 2023 because Jordan Love will be under center. And I think that'll be great for him. And I, and I hope that, that that increases his production and he has more success because of that. I hope. I hope so, too. I mean, I, I really think that if we don't ask too much out of uh, – Aaron Love, or Aaron, I'm sorry, Jordan Love. Yeah. That uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Jordan Love can be more than an adequate um, NFL quarterback. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for the Packers to make this move, but people were freaking out about it today. It's like, hey, everyone, calm down. They they made a phone call, right? They probably asked how much it cost. <laughs> That's probably all it was. We don't need to get all bent out of shape about it. No, exactly. Well. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, what did you say, Rick in Middleton? One more time, I'm sorry. Yes. All right, awesome. Nice yeah, to meet Rick you, Rick. from Middleton. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We'll talk soon. Yeah, talk talk again. Call back sometime. Sorry, I, I wanted to ask before I let you go because I'm horrible at remembering names. And this world would be a lot better when we needed new people and then instantly forgot their name if as the, the conversation's going along or the conversation's wrapping up to just ask one more time, hey, remind me your name one more time because I guarantee the other person's thinking the same thing. We've all we've all met like at a wedding or at a party. You all introduce each other. Just set a watch for two or three minutes and then ask, hey, one more time. Remind me just so I really get in my head. We need to get we need to get past that. We can't feel shame as a society about asking for people to repeat their names because I I forget things as soon as they come into my head. Yeah, let's talk about this John and the Taylor thing. This was going to be our bread and butter today until the Brewers pooped down their leg and lost game three against the Cubs. We learned today that the Packers are making a call or calls on Jonathan Taylor, which is fascinating to me. It's unexpected. It's very interesting. Everyone needs to calm down a little bit. I hate to be the the it's not that big of a deal guy. I, I hate being that guy because the day that people don't think that the Brewers and the Pirates playing on a random Tuesday, the, the second that people start thinking that that's not a big deal, then I'm out of a job. So I'm, I never want to tell you that sports things aren't important and they don't matter because they do. But the headline came across from ESPN today that the Packers made a call on Jonathan Taylor and all of these football sharps, these football talkers, national football talkers were like, what is it? What? LMAO, you know, question mark. It's like, Hey, the phone call probably took all of 30 seconds. It probably went like this. I'm going to, I'm going to be a Packers scout. I got my phone here. Doot, 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 call. Uh, hello. Is this? Yeah. Chris Ballard's office. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in green Bay. Um, Brian's busy today, you know, doing roster stuff, but just wanted to call and, and touch base. You know, Jonathan Taylor's been available and obviously who wouldn't love to have Jonathan Taylor on, on their team. We're just kind of wondering, you know, ballpark, what you're looking at. You don't need to tell us an exact price, but I just want to tell Brian just to get a, a good, a good read. So it's going to be, and need to be a first or a second round pick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just wanted to hear it, you know, from the, from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Yeah. Colts. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. You have a good day. Uh, yeah, Grant. Yeah. What did you say your name? Oh, Paul. Yeah, sorry. I I forget names real quickly. Yeah, we need as a society, we need to be more willing to to uh, to ask ourselves to reintroduce each other because I just forget names uh, this weekend. No, shoot. I'm not doing anything. Brian gave us the weekend. out. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'd go. You want to go see some college football? Yeah, let's get to get. Hell yeah. Let's go get some beers. Uh, what'd you say? Uh, what's your cell number? Let me write this down. All right. Yeah, I'll hit you up on Saturday, man. Yeah, Big Ten football's back. All right, let's go. Yeah, nice to meet you. Heck yeah. That's a cool guy. Just made a friend. Uh, oh, Brian. Hi. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, first or a second. Um, 
First rate, yeah, it's it's out of our price range. Uh, what was that? Um, uh, yeah, just you know, we're just two du- dudes being dudes. You know, another another football scout. Yeah, might might go see a game this weekend. No, I don't need to get a life. I'm just fine with me and my cat at home. Stop asking, Brian. That's it. Went something like that. It. I don't. I don't. But it was quick. This is not worth breaking down. Okay. I, I think Jim Irsay and the Colts. We learned today that they asked for Jalen Waddle in return from the Dolphins. Like you guys are stoned out of your gourds in Indianapolis. You guys are nuts. Because on one hand, you're saying, "Hey, Jonathan Taylor, we don't want to pay you. You're a running back. You don't matter." And then on the other hand, we will take a first round pick and a player for our running back. Please, you can't. You can't have both. Let's take some calls. Six zero eight. 321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Uh, you got Darnell. Darnell the chump. What's going on today, Darnell? Well, I'm just cracking up at the uh, the phone call I just heard. So that was just just that dudes was being dudes. I made a friend. We're going to watch college football together this weekend. Yeah, and what's funny is that's probably exactly how the phone call actually went. I am of the belief that it was initiated by Jonathan Taylor himself. Um. I think he requested the Packers because he's a Badger. He's like a Wisconsin guy. He he's UW Credit Union. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right off ninety four. Well, he doesn't he own a bunch of Toppers franchises. Exactly. Like he's a Wisconsin guy, so I think that he requested the Packers, and the Packers took him as a courtesy call. But that's just me. I, I don't really thought. Hey, let's go get Jonathan Taylor. Um. When. They can barely, barely afford the people that they're actually employing right now, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, okay. So th- there's layers to this because Jonathan Taylor is not, a, a, it doesn't make sense for the Packers to go get him. But also, you know, people are getting so high on their horse about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I, you know, when I hear that, well, the Packers, they got one of the best backfields in the NFL. It's like, I, I like Aaron Jones a lot. I, I also feel like Aaron Jones is pretty pro- properly rated. You know, a lot of people who cover the Packers, who talk about the Packers, constantly want to bang the drum on how underrated he is. Underrated, underrated. I feel like I feel like Aaron Jones is pretty properly rated, and I know we all like AJ Dillon. I need a little more from him this year. I need some more pop. I need some more meat on the bones. So the idea that well, the Packers could never acquire a running back. What would AJ Dillon do? I don't know. Get better or ride the bench. That's what he would do. Well, I I think that Aaron Jones is quite literally the reason why we haven't won more playoff games because of his terrible fumbling in the most crucial times of the game of the biggest game it's like oh that that, game that that game against the Niners right before halftime I still think he could have ran it into the end zone and if not he could have ran it out of bounds but he turned it into the middle of the field for some reason and then forced the Packers I think to take a timeout or they had to get up and clock it or something I I don't know. It just hasn't been a great big moment running back. But, you know, then again, the defense hasn't been good enough. The special teams has sucked, and Aaron Rodgers has shrunk in some of those big moments too. So I don't mean to put that all on Aaron Jones. But, again, I feel like he's properly rated. Everyone wants to make it seem like he's this, you know, super underrated, underappreciated guy. Oh, I feel like we all know what Aaron Jones is. I feel like he's appreciated enough. No, I think that Aaron Jones is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, we all but do. I just think, like everybody else, He's got shortcomings, and those shortcomings seem to get overlooked because he's a fifth-round pick that really pulled himself up by his bootstraps, and he 
is a pro's pro and he does everything the right way, you know, like, so they just overlook the fact that he's cost the Packers in some pretty crucial situations. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. This doesn't need to turn into a referendum on Aaron Jones. I, it's more AJ Dillon to me. Like I, I, and, and something I just started thinking about when I talked to Rick from Middleton is, you know, AJ Dillon's better when the running back is coming from under center. And that's going to be a big part of the Packers offense this year in a way that it wasn't with Aaron Rodgers. And I give all the credit in the world to Jordan Love because Jordan Love wasn't lining up under center in college. That's not the type of system he ran. I was listening to Steven Ruiz's podcast the other day and he was in, in Green Bay and he talked to Love and it took him years to get the footwork down and to be comfortable lining up under center, turning his back to the defense. I, I think because they will run more plays like that, A.J. Dillon will have a better chance to succeed. And I hope that he gets it because I've been really underwhelmed the last two years with A.J. Dillon. Agreed. And I want to make one last point here before I go. Yeah. Um, I think that A.J. Dillon is a poor man's Jonathan Taylor. I yeah. think they are almost the same running back. The thing about AJ Dillon and Darnell, I appreciate you. I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna suck on what you just told me. I'm gonna I'm gonna chew on that. AJ Dillon, Jonathan Taylor comps. I will give AJ Dillon credit because I think people underrate how fast he was. AJ Dillon's forty time coming into the NFL was was a lot fat. Like people talk about him like he's a fullback and this big lumbering. People compare him to overweight Eddie Lacy. Man, he can he can he can run. He's got some get up and go. Uh, I don't know if he's the track athlete that Jonathan Taylor is, but A.J. Dillon is is sneaky fast and underrated fast. He just gets tripped up by ankle tackles really easily. Uh, and, and if you're a big bruising running back, you're supposed to carry guys with you. You're not supposed to tip over two yards after contact. Another call, 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? That was wild at the end. This is Vagabond John. And, and hearing somebody say A.J. Dillon and Jonathan Taylor are – comparable in skill set was not something that I had ever com- thought about. I never thought about it either. A.J. Dillon, his 40 time would surprise you. If you go back and look at his draft report, he was faster than a lot of people thought and, and faster than you think of him because we think of them as almost this de facto fullback, but um, I, I don't... I guess I, I care know. a lot less about his, his 40 time at the combine, you know, maybe <laughs> he had a good day yeah. versus like the speed I see on the field. Yeah. That, does that dude have a single carry over 40 yards in his career? I don't I, mean, I don't we're know talking about Jonathan Taylor. I will. Uh, I'll go to bat for Darnell a little bit in neither player was asked to catch the ball in college. And they've both shown in the NFL that they can do it a little bit just because they weren't asked to do it. Doesn't mean they can't do it. I guess that's another uh, point of comparison. But yeah, AJ Dillon's not hitting a lot of bombs. And, and the frustrating thing is if A.J. Dillon isn't going to have a lot of 40-yard runs, then I need him to be really good, like like prime Ezekiel Elliott at just getting a guaranteed six or seven yards on every play, and he doesn't get that either. So I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at this season as a real point of reference to figure out what A.J. Dillon is and what he isn't. And I think running more plays from under center will help, but I want to see it. His longest rush in his career is 36 yards. And look, I, mean, I get he said poor man is Jonathan Taylor. I'm not trying to say he is Jonathan Taylor, but that is what Jonathan Taylor is. is he, he can find the end zone no matter where you are on the field, whether you're running it uh, a toss play or up the middle. And so what I wanted to, to bring up is, okay, let's do this thought exercise. Is it crazy Green Bay goes after a player, if it's not Jonathan Taylor, like Jonathan Taylor early in the season? I love hearing for all the crap, for all on Twitter today, a lot of people, oh, this makes no sense. We all these players. 
for all the crap that we've heard for 10 freaking years from this damn fan base about we don't go after skill players. We don't go after skill players. Yeah, because we had a quarterback eating half of our cap, right? Grant, question for you. I'm a little pissed off because, you know, I'm passionate about the Packers. Get fired up. I'm not stopping you. If I ask you, who's the youngest team in the NFL next year? This year or next year? As in the season that starts in a week or the season that starts in a year? The season that starts in a week, sorry. Oh, the Packers. Hands down. I was looking at it earlier today. Are young players more expensive or less expensive than old players? They would be less expensive, Vagabond John. When will Jordan Love demand $50 million a year? Um, the answer to that <laughs> is at least two or three years, right? So when people are saying, you know, oh, how could how could we? I'm like, yes, I get it. We still have a 30-plus-year-old left tackle that's eating an enormous amount of cap that's unmovable due to ridiculous contracts. Love the guy. Awesome player. Hope he has a healthy season. But, wow, has he hamstrung this team in the last four years in contract. Yeah. Um, David Bakhtiari, for those of you who don't know who I'm referring to, the only 30-year-old on the entire team, I think. Yeah. But, you know, for Packers Nation to respond negatively to a simple, short, sweet, you know, hey, you excited for a couple Big Ten games? By the way, what's Jonathan Taylor cost? For Packer fans to be like, oh, well, we have running back on roster why would we do that i mean come on guys we that's gonna, next year that, we're gonna have so much flexibility we don't have to pay him this year that's we can pay him next year that's the annoying thing is the pearl clutching well how can we take carries away from aj dillon i will take carries away from aj dillon if you give me a slightly better running back i will do it tomorrow and i will not lose an ounce of sleep over it and i i don't want to be anti-aj dillon guy that's not what i'm saying it's just I feel like there's been potential and there's been hype and he exists as this idea, this bruising running back to compliment Aaron Jones. And it just hasn't played out with the performance quite to my liking. That's it. Oh, how could we take carries? Uh, Man, I'll take his carries away tomorrow. If you get me a better running back, I I won't lose an ounce of sleep over it. And Jonathan Taylor is an excellent receiving back. His first two years, he had like, yeah, he had like a, like an 80% catch rate. Uh, on passes that were like more than five yards down the field, so not just those little dinks. But you know, I, I just couldn't believe the conversation today uh, around that on on the Twitter space, which I understand is not representative of all you find Packer fans that are probably listening. But holy crap, the next time, and I don't even care if it's Jonathan Taylor or whoever it is, the next time we hear rumors that a skill position player is being targeted by the Packers, shut the hell up and be excited. I mean, Jesus, we got so much cap in the next couple of years. And we got a cheap team, and by the way, so does Indianapolis. I don't know what the hell they're thank, doing. Thank you, and that's and that's what I wanted to add. I, I don't mean to jump in, but all of the reasons that you're saying right now why it wouldn't be a bad idea for the Packers to get Jonathan Taylor are the reasons why Indianapolis should keep Jonathan Taylor. By the way, they should, and I I think they will yet, but they absolutely should. Yeah, I think they burned that bridge, and it's weird. He's getting personal. I think the agent has a lot to do with it. So there's definitely fault on both sides here. I don't know if the player itself is at fault, but but the Colts specifically as a trading partner. I mean, their starting running back now is like five ten, a buck ninety. He's never played a game in his life. So if if somebody's looking for an AJ Dillon type player to come in and be cheap at a position that's absolutely useless, despite being worth a first round pick, AJ Dillon's the perfect type of player for them. So in this thought experiment, number one, don't be upset that we're targeting skill position players, especially when the top five at the position. Number two. Trade kind of made a lot of sense given the cap situation uh, that the Packers have in the future and, and the type of signing bonus and, and moving money back end. Number three, 
Uh, A.G. Dillon's actually a great fit backwards to the Colts because he's an excellent pass catcher, excellent pass blocker, and you have a new quarterback who's going to be running 40-plus yards, so you don't need to worry about A.J. Dillon. So that's my take, and I will take a deep breath, calm down. This is football season. We can be passionate about sports. Enough talking about, you know, baseball and, and the other useless things. But anyway, that's my baseball shot. Appreciate you bagging on, John. I got to take a break. Yeah, have a good one. I appreciate the fire. I appreciate the uh, the angst. Don't get me wrong. I um, I don't know. I mean, what, what, what do Packers fans want? Do you want them to never be in on anybody, or do you want them to place calls and ask? Like I saw people today. It's like, oh, Brian Gutekunst, again, oh, was very close to getting someone and didn't. It's like, okay, they probably asked to see how much he was costing. That's, that's it. We don't need to make this into that big of a deal. Three minutes. Got to take a break because we got to get to David Gasper. We're on a schedule. We are on a schedule, and I'll be damned if I get off the schedule. I got I to gotta keep it high and tight today. Three minutes, and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. David Gasper to join us in about 10 minutes. Going to talk Brewers, Major League Baseball at large, etc., etc., etc. Looking forward to that. Just talking about this Jonathan Taylor story a little bit. Uh, and if you're not on Twitter or you don't follow sports like hour by hour, minute by minute, like I do or like maybe Vagabond John does, uh, maybe you heard about this Jonathan Taylor story. Maybe you didn't. The way I heard about the story, the way I saw it, I saw it on Twitter. And it was during the first hour of Bill's show, so I sent it to Bill. I'm like, this is interesting. This is kind of an, an interesting topic. And then I proceeded to watch a lot of national football writers and analytics people and, and people who cover other teams. Like, what are the Packers doing? The Packers are so dumb. They, they asked about Jonathan Taylor. He's like, look, trading for Jonathan Taylor probably doesn't make a lot of sense for the Packers. Unless the price is so good that it makes sense. It's like, wait, we can have Jonathan Taylor for a fourth-round pick? We might not even extend him, but we'll take him this year. Oh, well, what great fun that will be. And then Packers fans are like, well, what about A.J. Dillon? <laughs> well, uh, what, about, what about him? You guys, I will, I will help A.J. Dillon pack. And I mean that in the most friendly way. Like, I have no uh, animosity towards A.J. Dillon. I have nothing against him personally. He's a fine number two running back right now. He has not been, I think, as good as a lot of Packers fans say. Uh, And I think this year could be different because I think the Packers are going to be running under center a lot more. Jordan Love's going to be lining up in in sets and in looks that will be more advantageous to A.J. Dillon. Totally. And and I hope that helps him. But a lot of A.J. Dillon's runs are like, hey, you get two yards, you fall forward for three. And I kept saying last year, anytime the Packers would get in the red zone, Hey, if you need a running back to get you two yards closer to the end zone, A.J. Dillon's your guy. If you need someone to almost hit a ball to the warning track, get me Bryce Trang. If you need someone on third and eight, or, or I guess uh, first or second goal from the eight-yard line, and you need someone to get you two or three yards closer to the goal line, A.J. Dillon, first, first pick in the draft. Give him to me. I want him on my team. I, I just need more. I need more explosive plays. I need more difference-making play. I just need more. So the idea of adding another running back, what about A.J. Dillon? I, what about him? He has not been so successful the last couple of years.
he is above a little competition, right? Like if Rowdy Telez can deal with Carlos Santana being on the roster and be a better player because of it, I think A.J. Dillon can do the same thing. This becomes a very interesting scenario for Jonathan Taylor. I was thinking of, of what he would think about being on the Packers. What would his life be like? And that's assuming that they keep Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and Jonathan Taylor's added to the backfield. You know, e- either he is a, a part of a, a running back by committee. You know, he's probably the number one guy, but A.J. Dillon's going to get some carries, and Aaron Jones would obviously get plenty of carries as well. He'd be part of a committee. And I started to think, well, maybe that would be good for Jonathan Taylor because he wouldn't take too much wear and tear in a contract year as he's looking to get a new deal next year. And, and maybe that would be good. Take a little step back, rest and recover from your injury last year, and then hit the ground running, you know, literally in free agency next year. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized running backs and Jonathan Taylor, they're just, they're just screwed. They can't win. Because if Jonathan Taylor were to get traded to a team like Green Bay this year, and he was a part of a committee with Jones and Dylan, and his numbers took a big drop off because of that, uh, teams that could potentially sign him would get him in a meeting and say, well, your production went off a cliff last year. What do you mean you want all this money? Your, your workload dropped, your yardage dropped, your, everything dropped last year. All your numbers went down. Why should we give you a, a top-of-the-market deal? And if Jonathan Taylor goes to a team that has nobody in the backfield and is the, the heart and soul of an offense for an entire year and rushes for almost 2,000 yards and scores all the touchdowns and has an unbelievable year, well, then potential teams that, that he could sign with are going to say, well, yeah, but you got the hell beat out of you last year. Look at, look at all the wear and tear that you took on last year. So how are these running backs supposed to win? They can't. And it's brutal, and I feel for Jonathan Taylor. I feel like Jonathan Taylor just wants to get the heck out of Indy. He wants to get out of Indianapolis. He doesn't like Jim Irsay. He doesn't like the management there. I don't think it's a particularly well-run team. He wants out. And I think wherever he goes, he will simply be happier to be somewhere else, regardless of his situation, regardless of, of the level of competition. He, he just doesn't want to be in Indy anymore. And I can't really fault him because it doesn't seem like Jim Irsay and, and his management, his front office, has handled this very well. Shocker because it's Jim Irsay. I know. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll get David Gasper. Going to talk baseball, talk Brewers-Cubs. Brewers are off tomorrow, but they're going to take a three-game NL Central lead into the month of September, uh, despite a frustrating loss last night and and this afternoon. So we'll talk more about that. David Gasper, reviewing the brew, joins the show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant, if you'd like to connect. David Gasper joins us now. He covers the Brewers, reviewing the brew, always covering everything in great detail. Just put out a story about Bryce Terang, and I want to go in depth on the defense that he's playing. We saw it last night. Not that it helped the Brewers win. David's on Twitter at DGasper24. Mr. Gasper, David, my friend, how are you today? I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I, I wish we were watching a Brewers win or two here, but uh, unfortunately, a, a series loss. And uh, I'm I'm getting a little bit of uh, feedback in my ear, by the way. You're getting feedback in your ear. What in Sam, heck could that be from? Uh, well, I am going to scramble and look over the board while I try to figure that out. Let me look here. I know this button does this. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna break something. You still got feedback? Check, check, check. Check one, two. Check one, two. You got feedback? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's still got it coming back to me like I'm a bit of a delay. Hmm. Here, uh, here's, here, here's what you do. Here's what you do. 
call me call me back. Sometimes this happens with our friend Mike Clements. Just call me back and see if that fixes it. This is a classic radio. Turn it off. Turn it back on again. Just just call me back real quick. Okay. Appreciate you, Gasper. Thanks. I'm sorry about this. I don't know what that would be. Getting feedback. I wonder why. Hmm. We'll try one more time. And if that fixes it, then we're going to rejoice real quick. All right, David Gasper, moment of truth. Does that sound any better? Right, Did that fix let's it? See. Yes, I actually uh, don't hear anything coming back at me. Hey, hey look at that. I'm, you know what, Gasper? I'm a bit of an engineer myself. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty... I'm a pretty techie person. Let's start with... We are uh, problem solvers here. Well, yeah, you know, we, we take care of business. Let's start with today's game, last night's game. Here's my take. This is what I said to start the show. If you would have told me on Monday night that the Brewers would lose games two and three of the series, would have been frustrated, but I'd be like, okay, they'd won nine in a row. The, the other shoe was probably due to drop. If you would have told me on Monday night that they lose games two and three and the Cubs only score three runs combined in those two games, then I would have been upset. It was more the fashion with which they lost these two games rather than them losing to the Cubs or losing them in general. It's just, it's a bummer Two really winnable games and they couldn't get either. Yeah. And there are there are those one run games too, you know, and that's what the Brewers have been so good at all, all season. You know, they keep on showing their, their record in one run games and, and how great they've been in them. And then, you know, back-to-back losses in one-run games, and the offense just not quite able to do enough. Now, granted, the wind was blowing in in both of those games that that was impacting them. Last night, the Brewers should have had, like, four home runs, but the wind knocked down all of them. Uh, So that was a a major problem there. And, you know, yeah, maybe maybe just a little bit of regression, maybe maybe just kind of coming back to the mean there, especially with one-run games, offense just kind of, falling short not doing what they needed to do but it's frustrating uh but you know so, yeah well like you said the shoe was due to drop at some point here i think so it's just frustrating because the dream gasper is you get in the playoffs and you get corbin burns and brandon woodruff to, to throw two games like they threw the last two nights uh and it's not like you know sometimes the brewers offense just goes quiet and that happens to every baseball team like last night for example you know, it's one thing to to not score any runs and, and have an off night, but they had seven or eight hits. Like, they had opportunities. They had plenty of chances. It's not like their offense just went completely flat. They just couldn't get any runs across. That's so frustrating. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, that, that's kind of going to be it, it, sometimes how it goes in the game of baseball. And I mean, when it comes to the postseason, yeah, like, you're going to want to get those kinds of performances from your starting pitchers. And, we saw that a couple of years ago. We saw that in 2021 where they were pitching just fine, but the offense was non-existent um, in, in the series against Atlanta. And, uh, well, also, frankly, the series against the Dodgers uh, in 2020. But still, it's Detailed. it's something that is going to be a concern. But for the previous nine games, the offense was was doing everything to, to come up with those runs, and they, were, and they were coming through in those big moments. So, you know, one or two days where, where the – where the wind's blowing in, taking away a lot of uh, their, their opportunities that, that they had gotten. And, you know, I'm, I'm not reading too much into this. You know, it, it's unfortunate, but I'm not I'm not reading too much into this series loss. There's still a whole month of games left to go. Yeah, and they're up three games. It's not the end of the world. It's a little yeah. bit of a missed opportunity, and it's a bummer, especially because both of those games were so winnable. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence. You know, you referenced 2020. I'd like to take us back. David Gasper, to the summer of 2021. It was a great summer. We were coming out of the pandemic, and life was finally starting to to feel normal again. Uh, and, and Willie Adamas shows up to Milwaukee 
and just mm-hmm. adds so much life and juice into this team. And they look like a transformed, different team. I mean, the difference that he made, right? And at one point, they won 11 games in a row. That was their their longest mm-hmm. winning streak. You know, the first time the Brewers had won nine in a row was was or the the most recent time they'd won this many games in a row was basically right when Willie Adamas got to town. And I don't think it's any coincidence that this last winning streak was driven by Willie Adamas actually swinging the bat again. Why do you think that Willie Adamas has such a impact on the rest of the roster? Like when he gets it going, everyone else does too. And I don't understand why him. Like Yelich, Contreras, they have other good hitters in this lineup, but for whatever reason, it's Yelich. When he gets it, or it's Adamas, when he gets it, it gets it going, everyone else does too, and I can't explain it. I, I think part of it has to do with Adamas really kind of being the, the heart and soul of that team. I mean, you, you saw when he came over the energy that he brought to the clubhouse, to the field. Uh, it just kind of brings everyone up around him when, when he's got that kind of energy, and he brings it every single day no matter what. Uh, but when he's having that success at the plate, I think it just amplifies that even more, amplifies the energy, and everyone else just kind of feeds off of that around him. So, yeah, I mean, when Willie Domus is going right, the Brewers, the Brewers are going right. And, you know, I think part of it could be that energy factor that, that Adamus brings. And, and when he's having that kind of success, the, the energy is just even higher than, than it already is. I don't know. I don't know what it, if it's just his personality, his zing, his pep. I mean, the statistics, I remember uh, listening to the Brewers postgame show after the, the game I went to last Wednesday. Very sweaty, by the way, Gasper. Oh, and yeah. uh, I was listening to uh, Levering and, and Grindle or whoever it was on the, on the radio broadcast doing Brewers OT or Brewers postgame before Dom came on. And they had all these stats. When Willie Thomas gets a hit, this is the Brewers record. And when he gets a home run, this is their record. And it's, like, if, if if you told me that Willie Adamas was going to be red hot for three weeks and the Brewers were in the playoffs, I'm betting him to make the World Series just because he has that much of an impact on the rest of the team. And I, I don't know. I'd love to sit down with Council and ask him a couple questions about it because he's got to see things in the clubhouse and, you know. But alas, I'm here in the studio. I'm, I'm not Big J journalism. That's reserved for spring training. Oh, of course. Of course. But I don't, I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's... It's just part of it, and for for Adamus to to just kind of be that that linchpin for the offense, and that's kind of what we've been saying all year. Just because Adamus has been struggling for for the majority of the season, and the Brewers' offense was summarily struggling most of the season as well. And as he gets it going, they go on a winning streak. It's it's no coincidence. I'm not sure if there's a single stat that that can quantify. Uh, what it is, but it's it certainly it, it's certainly something real. So let's talk about Bryce Trang. You have a story on him at reviewing the brew. He played an unbelievable second base last night. I, I felt like every other play, Bryce Trang was saving a run or, or, or keeping a guy off the bases. He was unbelievable. Um, let's talk about this year first, and then I want to ask you a question relating to his future with the Brewers. But this year, I mean, what did you find when you did your your story? What numbers jumped out to you? What, talk talk to us about Bryce Terang and, and what you see specifically with his defense. I mean, his defense has been exceptional all season long, and it you know it, it starts with the eye test, right? You know, just, just by watching, you can see he's a Gold Glove caliber player. Um, but it, but it's more than just the eye test. You know, do the numbers back it up? So. I did a little digging into de- defensive metrics on fan graphs, and, you know, sure enough, Bryce Terang is uh, right up there at the top in, in several defensive metrics, several very important ones, and uh, I think him being in the top in those categories 
kind of further proves the case uh, that he should be the Gold Glove winner this year. Uh, just with what he's been able to to do, especially in the amount of bettings that he's done, because he got sent down to AAA for a couple of weeks there, that, that he wasn't accumulating big league stats just just so he could work on his bat. And for Tarang to still be up there in some counting stats defensively, despite having about 200, 300 fewer innings than some of the other contenders, uh, I think it just speaks to how fantastic he's been defensively and how much he's deserving of that Gold Glove Award. Is he the shortstop opening day next year, do you think? I don't know about uh, next year. It depends on what they do with Adamas, if they decide to trade him, if they decide to keep him, what, what are they going to do? I, I know that there are going to be rumors about it, um, but it, it's feeling like Matt Arnold may not want to go that route, especially with the, the reports of their interest in Pete Alonso, because uh, he would be under control for one more year. And if you're going after Pete Alonso, it would make no sense to then turn around and trade away Willie Adamas or, or Corbin Burns. So maybe Matt Arnold's more inclined to, to keep those guys and make one final big run at, at a World Series with this core and um, then just kind of see what happens with either letting them walk or, or trying to resign them. And maybe you lose them, give them a qualifying offer, and just load up on the 2025 draft. Uh, but Terang is uh, going to be the shortstop of the future for sure because I don't see them signing Adamas to an extension, but I don't know if it's going to happen next year for Terang, but 2025, I think he's for sure going to be the opening day shortstop. Okay, I gotcha. I, I, it's just, you know, you can play him at second, play him at short. It depends on totally the, the future of Willie Adamas and what the Brewers want to do, and I, it'd be kind of fun if Matt Arnold decides he wants to load up and kind of keep the band together for an expensive year next year. I, I guess he would have to feel pretty confident in Terang, Weimer, and, and Freelick, just for starters, playing significant roles on a playoff team, right? He'd have to feel very confident going into next year that Terang and Weimer and Freelick got experience this year and would be ready to be to be big pieces on a team that's playing meaningful baseball in September and October. And Garrett Mitchell. And yes. Garrett Mitchell is going to be there. And Jackson Churio is going to be there next year as well. You got too many outfielders, Gasper. There's too many. Can never have too many. Well, of course. I mean, yes, of course. I, I want them to all be able to play. Like, I want to get utility out of all these guys. That's going to be oh, difficult. Yeah. Um, why don't we talk about this year's postseason? Two teams really quickly. About a month ago, I texted my old coworker Ben Kenny, who's now at WIP in, in Philadelphia, and I said, Ben, I, I don't, I don't know how the math's going to shake out or the seating, but the Brewers are going to make the playoffs, and everyone's scared of the Dodgers, the Braves. It's not going to be one of those teams. It's never the team that you expect. It was. Uh, Washington in 19, Atlanta two years ago. The Phillies are going to eliminate the Brewers from the playoffs this year. And, and ever since I, I first had that thought, they just keep getting better and better. Trey Turner remembered how to play baseball. The Phillies look scary right now, David. I am scared. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, we're, we're entering that time of the year where really it's about the team who's getting hot right about now. That, that's kind of the team that, that you got to start being concerned about. Atlanta started getting hot towards the end of the season. They, they weren't much of a threat uh, that much in 2021, but they got hot towards the end, and they carried that all the way to, to a World Series. Philly got hot towards the end last year, and they carried that to getting to the World Series. So it, it, it's all about the teams that are going to be starting to get hot right about now um, that, that are able to carry it over into the playoffs. And, yeah, maybe with the Brewers' luck, they run into that team in the first round, whoever it is. But, uh, yeah, it, it's all about getting hot right around now. 100%. Uh, it's just funny what the Angels are doing. We were DMing about it yesterday. What a, what a David Gasper, 
What a nightmare. It's one thing. It's, oh, yeah. it's one thing to go for it and come up short. The, the Angels, it's like they're like a they're like a, a a puppy golden retriever. Like they 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 have the idea of what they're trying to do, but they just can't. Like they thought we'll go all in and we'll show show hey. Okay, but if you're going to trade all your best prospects, which is what they did, you need someone of consequence, and Lucas Giolito is not that. Like, I would rather take a flyer on Lance Lynn, which, wow, shocker, is what the Dodgers did. I I just, this was so easy to see coming. It's one thing to go all in, but if you're going to go all in and give up your best prospects, you got to get someone, like, incredible and awesome, and they got, like, what the Brewers normally get, except for a way bigger, heavier price. Yeah, they paid an insane price, and I, I understand why they did, you know, desperate to, to stay in the race and they were only about three and a half games out at the time but you know Giolito cratered and, and he was all of a sudden awful uh, for, for the Angels and, and all their other guys stunk and they go on a losing streak and you know next thing you know they just fall completely by the wayside and, and a month later uh, they're they're shipping everybody out that, that they just got traded prospects for I'd be completely upset if I was an Angels fan at, at the way that they've handled it not only this year but past several years that they have had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and they could not manage a single playoff appearance it's been a horribly run organization over there um, and and they just continue to make bad decision after bad decision and it's spiraling on them and and now it leads to this salary dump of of putting five players on waivers and it's just it's embarrassing for the organization it's embarrassing for the fans um, and they are going to need to see a change of direction. They they need to sell the team. The, Artie Moreno needs to sell the team. John Fish needs to sell the team in Oakland. Ryan Storff probably needs to sell the team in Chicago. Um, it, it's just kind of a, a really, really poorly run organization, and also it really kind of makes you appreciative and kind of almost take for granted yeah. what the Brewers have had in Milwaukee these past several years, a well-run Organization, You can argue about bites at the apple or whatever all you want, but the Brewers have been a well-run organization for the past several years. And if they were poorly run, if they had a talent that the Angels had, you know, coming through here and they were getting such poor results, people will be a lot more upset around here. So it's been an incredible run that the Brewers have had and incredible luck to not end up with what the Angels are doing. Well, totally. I mean, you don't have people bringing handguns into American Family Field tucked in their fat rolls. So we have that going. You know, pretty good ballpark experience. We make fun of X-Golf, but you're you're 100% right. The Brewers do do pretty good. And I can't imagine having Otani and uh, and Trout on my team and missing the postseason. I mean, we have Mark Canna and Carlos Santana, which is basically the same thing. And I think this team is yeah. is going to get it done and get the postseason. Gasper, I got to run. You know I appreciate the heck out of you. I love having you on. I know this will be a, a small bump in the road at the end of Krogest, and as Craig Timber starts this weekend, we're going to be off and running, and I can't wait. Absolutely. Can't wait, man. Take care. Take care. David Gasper, our friend from Reviewing the Brew. Love that guy. Him and Ed Madison probably threw some weight around earlier today, getting jacked up. Let's take one final three-minute break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. minutes of the wisco sports show we appreciate david gasper go give him the the bills bump 
The Wisco Sports Show bump. Follow him on Twitter at dgasper24. Got a good story out about um, Bryce Trang. It's gold glove chances. Could be the future shortstop of the team. Next year is is becoming a very interesting uh, crossroads for the Brewers. They could continue to get younger and lean that way. Could trade Burns, trade Adamas, or they could bring everyone back for one more year. It'd be pretty expensive, but I don't care. It's not my money. And you could really go all in to try to win with this unit. Matt Arnold would then need to see, okay, I can trust Bryce Terang to be a meaningful, uh, important bat in a lineup in meaningful games against other elite com- com- competitive teams in September and October. You know, you know what I mean? I'm tripping over my words a little bit, but Matt Arnold would need to go into this offseason, going into next season, and think confidently, I can trust Weimer, Mitchell, Terang, Freelick. I can trust these guys and know that, you know, they're not going to go on a month-long slump where I, I got to sit them down like they've had to do with Weimer or, or Terang. They're going to need to show, they're going to need to prove to the front office that yeah, they're ready to go next year. Might be the case, might not be. It'll be interesting to, to follow. Brewers are off tonight. They will be off tomorrow so we can take a, a deep breath and, and wait for Craig Tember to start uh, in, in just a couple of days. That's going to do it for the show. Podcast will go up in just a couple minutes. If you missed anything, have an awesome night off from the Brewers. Do ha- do wonders for your mental health. Be back tomorrow. Talk to you in four. Help us tell me-